Hi, this is D.H. Dawkins Sr., lead pastor of Praise Tabernacle International. Thank you for tuning in on today's podcast. We hope that it will be inspiring, empowering, and enlightening to you, most of all impactful to your growth and your journey in faith. And I want to talk very briefly this morning on forgiveness. It is undoubtedly possibly one of the most difficult disciplines for us as believers to practice continually, which is to offer forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Now, some people may be able to do it faster and easier than others, but there's others who tend to wrestle a bit more with being able to practice this major activity that has actually changed our lives. We are recipients of forgiveness and it is so essential for us to be able to give of what we have received in the context of our relationships and how we deal with other people. Forgiveness is a spiritual discipline that we have to master because life is filled with repeated situations and circumstances that's going to require us to practice forgiveness. Living in an imperfect world with imperfect people who live imperfect lives as a result of making imperfect decisions create an unfortunate reality that pain will be caused from disappointments, disrespect, dishonesty, deception, and one of the greatest disadvantages of this is the fact that there are so many unaddressed, unresolved mindsets behind much of the painful things that people do and say that it's most guaranteed that you will be presented with having to forgive people multiple times for the same offense. One of the frustrating components of this reality is that people's imperfections immaturities, issues, inconsistencies, iniquities never only impact them, but these imperfections often impact others as well. Pain, 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 pain comes from people who made promises, made commitments, expressed vows, came to agreements without you forcing them. They did it because they said they wanted to, and then after you do your part to keep your end of the agreement or the covenant, you later find out they didn't. Broken promises cause pain. Unmet expectations cause pain. Broken covenants can cause pain. Pain comes from the mishandling, lying, hiding, manipulation that one does to you when they are trying to manage the mess they probably suppressed and learned to live with because they were too afraid, too ashamed, too broken to seek and to receive help, to resolve before associating you with their problem. Now you're embarrassed, you're hurt, cheated, broken without your permission. You did nothing but love, trust, and try. Pain. Pain comes from maltreatment, neglect, abuse, disrespect, dishonor, disappointments that seem to happen repeatedly and would cause you to question, what's wrong with me? I can go on. However, the problem with this is that when we have been hurt, we tend to want to hurt back. We see punishment we want to see punishment given back. We, we want to spew and spread the pain and, and we want to recluse and shelter away from everything and everyone that may be associated with it. However, the only solution to pain is healing. And the prerequisite to healing is forgiveness. 
So let's see how we can unpack this, practice this, and then get the results that the Bible says we can have. First of all, we have to stop engaging with forgiveness from our emotions. Our emotions did not establish forgiveness. Our feelings don't create forgiveness. Forgiveness is a spiritual discipline. It is a spiritual experience. This is why as followers of Jesus, as disciples, we don't forgive when we feel like forgiving. When we feel like it. And, and, and you know, if we feel like it, that, that comes from the trigger of emotions. It's something we do out of the Holy Spirit's power. Not out of your feelings, but out of God's enabling power. That's how you forgive. Because the Holy Spirit enables us to obey his word. And it's scriptural and it is spiritual. Truth is you can forgive, but your feelings, they're going to have to catch up later. There have been many times I've learned that I have to forgive even when I didn't feel it and my emotions caught on to it down the road. Your heart needs to heal in order for your feelings to realign. As long as your heart is still bitter and broken, your feelings will always go sideways around the person. So that's why you got to rely on the Holy Spirit's ability in you. And it doesn't happen immediately, but it does happen incrementally. It's not a moment, but it does require time to play out. The Bible gives us instructions and examples. The word is the instruction. But Jesus is the example. My God, that bears repeating again. The word is the instruction, but Jesus is the example. We read the word and, and we, we can comprehend and, and, and receive it intellectually, but we have to see it played out in order to really grasp it. Quite often we read it on the paper, but we don't see it in the person of Jesus. And if all you have is paper book knowledge, then you won't be able to embody it in the incarnate Christ as he walks and lives out through you. Jesus demonstrates the example of it in order to properly practice it and get the promised results. So, for example, where the Bible says, be holy as I am holy, many of us ran with that based on cultural and denominational generational examples, but never studied Jesus's example of it. So we got the word holy, then we got the definition that people gave us, but we didn't pay attention to Jesus long enough to see how he actually demonstrated it. When you only run with the instruction, but you don't follow the example, you'll come up with your own interpretation and your own version of the instruction. So if I want to learn how to forgive, I need to study Jesus. I need to see Jesus. I need to see how he was an example of it. I see Jesus forgiving people who weren't even sorry. I see Jesus forgiving people who put him in a place of pain and suffering and were not even moved with compassion. They looked on, they laughed on, they lived on like nothing happened and he still extended forgiveness to each of them. Forgiveness is the door to healing after an offense, after hurt, after mistreatment. Forgiveness flows from you to them. If something flows from something to someone else, who does it touch first? If it's flowing from me to you, then it touches me first on the way to you. The person it flows from gets touched by what's flowing. So you get the benefit of forgiveness first. Truth be told, it really is for you. It keeps you free. It restores your focus. It makes you whole again. Matter of fact, this is why God remains God. That's why he can be consistently God. 
If he did not offer forgiveness, it would disqualify him from being God. When you withhold forgiveness, it prevents you from being you. When you withhold pardon, it doesn't allow you to walk whole and complete. You always got to kind of dumb it down when that person comes around. You got to hold back and, and filter yourself and dilute yourself. When you withhold forgiveness, the atmosphere can pick up on that bitterness or that resentment that lingers. The purest, most authentic form of yourself is released when you forgive. You were made to forgive. When you don't do it, you stunt your own development. You cease being and becoming the design you were meant to be. Forgiveness begins the healing process. It prevents something that hurts you from continuing to hurt you. I got to say that again. Forgiveness begins. It's not healing of itself, but it begins the healing process. And what it does, it prevents something that hurts you from continuing to hurt you. There's some of you that are in new relationships now, but you've allowed the hurt and the pain of previous relationships to sustain its pain and you brought that pain into your new relationship. It's not fair to you, it's not fair to the person you're newly connected to, and it's not fair to your future. You did what you did. You deserve to pay, to suffer, but I pardon you. You hear how powerful that is? You did what you did. And, and these folk walk around here acting like they don't know what they're doing. Don't be fooled. People know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. And that doesn't give you the right to hold it over their head even more. Because in holding something over your head, you got to use the energy to keep your hand up over their head. Think about it. Think about it practically. If I'm holding this towel over someone's head, I've got to use energy out of my life to keep it over your head. Wherever you go, I got to keep something over your head. Man, this hand could be making money. This hand could be making destiny. This hand could be making memories, but I'm using energy and virtue and resources from my life to keep you in mind of what you did that was wrong. So you know what? For my future and for my peace of mind, I pardon you. I forgive you. If I'm honest, you can't even afford to pay me for the damages I suffered as a result of your actions. That's what you need to tell people. You need to let them know if you never have a conversation, but in your mind, they can't repay you. You got the receipt. That's why you stay bitter and resentful. You keep looking at that receipt. Look how much they cost me. Look how, how much of my time I spent. Isn't spending an accounting term? Isn't spending a, a financial term? How much energy you spent? How much time you spent? Isn't payment a term? You paid them too much attention. You paid them too much mind. You know my new thing that 2020 has taught me? Mind your business and drink water. That's it. Mind your business and drink water. Keep your schedule clear and keep your skin clear. Keep your kidneys clear and keep your mind clear mind your business not business business and drink water it will help you to maintain peace you lose more energy they took enough away from you why would you give them more now they've already done enough why would you give them the terrain and access to your heart access to your mind some of y'all gonna lose your mind trying to be on someone else's mind you need to mind your own mind your own Spend time, spend energy, and spend your day with a budget mentality. Don't just frivolously give attention and energy and, and seconds and minutes and hours that you cannot reclaim. So you need to have that mindset when you deal with people who've done wrong by you. They cannot pay you back based on the amount of damages that you may have suffered as a result of their actions. So what part of you 
is going to drive you through this insane rat race to be satisfied with recompense and revenge when they will never be able to accurately pay you back. You'll continue running, running after the sea. Some of y'all unfollowed folk, but you check their pages every now and then to see where they are. See what they're doing. When you muster enough strength, you want to take a peek and see what's going on. There's a party that wants to see a, a failed venture. I want to see a post with only two likes and it's been up for two days. <laughs> no, you're not going to get any joy from that. You're taking time away. Taking time away from the life that's waiting to be lived. Now, let's tell the truth. There's some folk that owe you money and they could pay your money back with interest. But you can't give the time back. You can't get it back. You can't get the time back. Can't get the time that was wasted being bitter, being mad, being without peace. It's bad debt. That's what it is. It's bad debt. I can take you to court for a divorce, for child support, but I cannot take you to court for my peace, my heart feeling broken, my security, or my joy. So there must be another substitute that can take on the full satisfaction of what you cost me. Oh, bless his name. In, in the uh, context of finance management and all of that, when there is bad debt, especially in credit, uh, in the world of the credit score and all that kind of stuff, bad debt can be written off. They realize at this point, the debtor cannot pay. So at this point, we're going to go ahead and, and clean the slate. The person who owns the money cannot pay. So we're going to clean the slate. God, I pray that that's the case for every one of y'all who may have some outstanding things that are out there, some payments. I pray that somehow the, the Lord will just touch the heart of that person who you owe money to, that industry, that bank, that, that company, that, that health and wellness, whatever, that insurance, that they'll just write it off as bad debt. Bad debt. And we are accustomed to that in the body of Christ because we have a substitute that has been able to pardon us and been able to wipe off that debt. It's the blood. I know it was the blood for me is what they said. And because I appreciate the value of the blood being sacrificed for me as a born again believer, I must say I know it's the blood not just for me but for you too. Don't walk around here thinking that you're the only one that Christ died for. He died for your offender. He died for the person you don't like. He died for the individual who did you wrong. Some people think that just because they got uh, used to the hurt and that you no longer feel the hurt that they are healed. I just got used to it. I must be healed. Not so. A hardened heart is not a healed heart. Just because your heart has hardened and become callous does not mean that it has become healed. A guarded heart that hasn't healed is just a hidden wound. If you haven't healed but you're guarding it, all you're doing is hiding the wound. Forgiveness takes the wall down so healing can begin. Forgiveness doesn't mean you forget it. It doesn't mean that you don't have to make adjustments. It means you can stop punishing and holding the person in contempt in your mind. As relevant as this is for our relationships and interactions with other people, it is just as important for our interaction with ourselves. We all have done something that we regret. However, allowing forgiveness to, to flow to ourselves will release us Many of us have punished ourselves and condemned ourselves. I, I look at, as I close, Judas and David. They both made bad decisions. But Judas hung himself. David corrected himself. Judas had a bad heart. David had a bad day. There's a difference. Whenever there's wrongdoing, we're responding either like David or like Judas. David did what most of us, I pray, do, which is he went before the Lord and repented. Although there were some casualties as a result, 
he still presented his heart before God. This whole faith is a heart faith. It's, it's a heart-driven thing. Look at David's life and you'll see that. From the very beginning, it said that he was chosen because of his heart. When Jesse presented all the other sons who had the look, the exterior, the prophet Samuel did not get a witness in his spirit that any of his elder brothers was the candidate to replace Saul. And the utterance that we quote often came through the prophet Samuel when he said, listen, God looks on the outward appearance. Man looks rather on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So from there on, we see God endorsing David's heart. It was his heart that said, is there not a cause that drew him to the battlefield to face Goliath on behalf of his community? It was his heart. It was his heart that was being cultivated in an unseen place with the lion and the bear, without an audience, without likes, without notices, without anyone capturing it or commenting on it. He wrestled in a private place so he could have a public victory. He dealt with the lion and the bear without coaching, without training. And that's what built him up so he could stand before Goliath say you come to me with javelin and spear but I come to you in the name of the Lord thank you God it is by the power of God that you're able to overcome these things that the enemy says you would never overcome and I speak to you now that you receive a spirit of courage and a spirit of resilience and, and fortitude to stand in the life that God has allowed you to have to be forgiven and to forgive to walk in that because it's a heart first thing you got to keep your heart clean and clear don't let people clutter your heart. Don't let what other folks do clutter your heart. Don't let the immaturities of other people distract your life. Take them to the Lord and leave them there. Leave them there. Here, God, I give you, I give you my ex. Here, God, I, I give you, I give you my spouse. I give you my loved one. I give you my, my sibling. I give you this friend. I give you this co-worker. I give you this pastor, this leader, this member, whoever and whatever they did. Take it to the Lord and leave it there leave it there leave it there and anytime the memory comes up anytime the resentment comes up anytime a, an emotion attached to them comes up immediately go back to where you left it Lord I'm bringing it back to you again my emotions want to take it back up my memory wants to take it back up but Lord I bring it back to you again and the more you continue to do that hear this and here's a very powerful and mature posture to take pray for them pray for them who despitefully use you I promise you while you're praying for them your heart for them will begin to shift and I know your flesh doesn't want to do that because you've been trained to pray for only people you love and care about but Jesus was very clear when he said pray for your enemies bless them that curse you pray for them that despitefully use you why God why would you put me in that precarious position to have to engage in intimate supernatural conversation about someone who could care less about me reason why God tells us to do that is because when you pray you're going into his presence with the problem you're not dealing with it outside of him which can often end up with further bitterness and resentment you're bringing the offense and the offender the disappointment and the disappointer you're bringing it to the Lord and as you pray sincerely Lord I pray that you heal that person. I pray you forgive them. I pray that you deliver them from such and such. I pray, oh God, that you help me in my process and so forth and so on. What starts to happen after you run out of stuff to pray for, you start praying in the spirit for the individual, then God's mind concerning them becomes accessible to you. The heart of God migrates to your heart and you begin to see them from God's angle. 
that's why God was able to say while dying on the cross Father forgive them the fingerprints of their hands was on his nails and, and on the crown of thorns he, he had evidence that they killed him that they seek to crucify him and seek to destroy him they, he had evidence of their disobedience and their mockery but yet he took the posture of the father's heart forgive them they have no idea what they're doing may I say to you that some of the people who may have known what they were doing naturally they didn't realize how they were availing themselves by the enemy to be used they have no idea that Satan pimped them used them without pay to irritate to distract to discourage you to try to destroy you but you're here why because your life was never in their hands your life was always in God's and if you can press through and survive through and thrive through even that kind of attack that kind of disappointment I promise you God will see you through the process of forgiveness respond like David pray this prayer Lord create in me a clean heart renew a right spirit within me help me to be more like you I am never more like you than when I forgive I may speak with tongues, I may prophesy, I may preach, I may give of my last to those who are in need, but if I don't have love, I'm like a tinkling brass and a sounding cymbal. I'm just noise. Lord, teach me to love like you do. I continue to surrender and submit myself to you. I have too much life ahead of me to live to be held hostage by the offenses of others deliver me heal me enable me in Jesus name 